Welcome everyone to Tank Talk. Very excited to be with you here today and also to be with the lovely Lisa. Hello. We have an amazing topic for you today. It is building a fish room. And boy, do we have experience with that. We've done it multiple times. <laughs> we, we are quite experienced in this. Uh, and But the idea for this came from our good friend Whips World again. Whoa, he is just such a, just a world of knowledge. He's, a, he's an <laughs> idea guy. I put yeah. it out. We have our channel member Discord. I put it out there, ideas for, uh, for Tank Talk, and he put in there, he said, when setting up the perfect fish room or fish house, like we have here, other than having Whip help move the tanks, what are the must-dos before water goes into the tanks? Um, now what he's referring to there is the last time we set up a fish room, which is the one that we're sitting in here right now. He came from Chicago to North Carolina to help us move all of the tanks in here. He is a crazy person that is willing to drive <laughs> halfway across the country to help people live, lift heavy things. And we were at it until almost 3.30 a.m. getting these tanks in here. This one wasn't here yet. The new one that you just got wasn't here yet, but uh, the rest were, and it was an adventure. But this isn't a topic of how to move tanks. It is how to things to consider when starting a fish room. But in order to get into that, we first have to talk about why in the world somebody would want to do that. I think it is inevitable, every fish keeper's dream, is to put all of their aquariums in one central location, have it easier to maintain, easier to enjoy them all because they're all right there. I think we all dream about it. Our first one, what, what would you consider to be our first fish room? Probably the little room in the basement of the King's Highway house, right? Um, well, my house on Round Hill had the one room that was just the fish room, but that was just my fish room. That's true. So, And you had, I mean, your fish room was, yeah, I'm getting completely off topic here because I would say <laughs> your fish room was the living room just because you had your aquariums in there. But then Skylar had her tank in the bedroom. So it's like eh, the actual first fish room would have been King's Highway basement. Yeah. yeah. And then we moved it out into the garage. But that was the first one. And I think we need to also talk about what, what a fish room is. Yeah. What are, you, what are you thinking about here? I was completely forgetting about that house. I was thinking about the one after the fish store down in the basement. But you're right. It started at that house, the other one. <laughs> Setting yeah. up the breeders and yep. all of that. Wow, yeah, that was, that's when all the crazy started. Yes, it is. And you mentioned that my fish room was my living room, but that's not what we're talking about here today. That is, I was not a beginner at the time, but my situation at that house was, I think, how every fish keeper starts out. Right. You just basically put aquariums wherever they can go. I had at the time, I had a 10-gallon, a 125-gallon, a 75-gallon, a 65-gallon. I had quite a few tanks. And they were just kind of spread out all over the place. But when we're talking about a fish room, we're talking about a dedicated space 
for nothing but aquariums. You did have that. I don't know that I would call that a fish room that you had on Round Hill Road, but it was a it was a room that only had fish tanks in it. it so. Yeah, I had four fish tanks in there, and it was literally the only thing that was in that that room. I think it was was it the living room? Yeah, I think it was the house's formal living room. Yeah, you turned into a yeah. fish room, but a fish room would be a dedicated space that is exclusively for aquariums. Why? Why do people do this? Well, first of all, we go a little crazy in this mm -hmm. hobby. We have a 1,500 square foot building on our property that has nothing but aquariums in it. We've gone completely crazy. We have a friend up in Canada, Joey Mullen, that built a whole building, and it's the same thing. It's exclusively for it. I could go through the list. We've got a lot of friends that have buildings that are dedicated to aquariums. You might not need to go that extreme, but a room in your house that you're setting up as the central location for your aquarium hobby. It's all going to be in that one place. It is, there's a lot of reasons why people would want to do that. One, keeps everything in one central location. You walk in there, you sit in a, just like I'm doing right here, sit in a chair in the middle of the room and everywhere you look is your wonderful hobby. What a therapeutic place to go and sit down unless you're me and you just look around and see all of the work that you have to do. But <laughs> that's part of the deal with this hobby. The work is part of it. And just sitting in a room with all of your aquariums, looking around at the work that you've done, the life that you're providing for these fish, it's a rewarding thing to be able to do and not have to walk all around to all the different rooms in the house because your shrimp tank's over there, your beta tank's over there, your cichlid tank's over there. Putting them all in one place makes it easier, not only for maintenance, but also to enjoy them all in, in one place. It can be such a pain if you forget the fish food in the other room. Yeah. <laughs> or if you have an aquarium in the house and you forget the fish food in the fish house like ours or a net or you know whatever supplies and you're going back and forth trying to you know keep everything in different areas it can be expensive because you have to have multiple bottles of uh complete or you yep. know multiple fish foods here and there or something yeah and i am a firm believer i always have been the easier this hobby is for you, the more you're going to enjoy it. The, the, less, the least amount of work, the least problems that you have, if it's easier, you're going to enjoy it so much more. And what could be easier than having one location where everything is, all of your fish food's there, all of your chemicals are there, all of your cleaning supplies are there. But unless you have um, somebody in the hobby with you and they borrow your stuff. Pot calling the kettle black. I had to take and go get my stuff out of your bathroom that you have your new aquarium <laughs> in because you didn't return my stuff. And that was in another area. I hadn't come back out here yet. It was like three days. No. You said, I promise I'll bring it back. She's lying. He didn't, he didn't bring it back. She's not lying, but she didn't give me enough time to bring it back. 
Well, I had maintenance to do too. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there are a lot of things to consider before doing this kind of thing. Uh, if you are interested in setting up a dedicated space for your aquariums, whether it's four or 44, there's a lot of things to consider. And we have, we've done every kind of fish room you could ever imagine. And so I think we have enough experience to be able to, to talk about this. And we could probably sit here and talk about it for three hours, but you don't have that kind of time and neither do we. So let's get into the first thing. It's going to sound like common sense, but I promise you it's not. It is the most critical part of the whole thing. And that is the location in your house. Now, I say that because where you want your aquariums to go might not be the best place for them to go. And there's a long list of reasons why. If you have, we, we lived in a split foyer house, uh, the King's Highway house that we're talking about. You can see this place on our channel. The garage where we first started our YouTube channel is this house. The, a, a split foyer is one of those houses where when you walk in, you have a staircase. Half of it goes up and half of it goes down. As soon as you walk in the front door, you go upstairs. Usually the bedrooms or stuff like that. Kitchen is up there. And then the downstairs has a whole bunch of rooms. That house for us in particular had like six rooms in that basement. Yeah, it was awesome. It was great. It was like a maze. And there was a bedroom for all of the kids. And, th and that was awesome. But the room that we chose to start our fish room in was quite possibly the worst room that we could have put a, a fish room in there. But it was the only option we had because we had a whole bunch of kids at the time, five of them living with us, and they all needed bedrooms. And at, there actually was two kids sharing at the time too. Ugh. So we didn't even have enough yeah. bedrooms. But that horrible red carpet. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> but it was the biggest room in the house and they shared, and so they were fine. They didn't complain. But the room, it's very difficult to explain, but as you're walking down the hallway of this basement of this split foyer house, you get to this opening area. And in this opening, you have a closet, you have a door to the bathroom, which the whole basement would share, and then two bedrooms. And it's like this little lobby area in between all of those rooms. And that's where we put our first fish room. <laughs> yeah. So everybody had to walk through there to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Or to just go to their room or to leave their room and go up to the kitchen. They had to walk through our fish room. In order and the to do thing that. is, or, the, the way it was laid out, when you walk down the stairs, it was a huge, huge living room. Mm -hmm. And then there was the hall that went to the area John's talking about. So, yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of reasons why this was the bad, a bad location for it. We just gave you a few of them. The kids had to walk through there to get to it. So we had to make sure we kept everything tidy and clean, which was hard to do with five kids in the house. But... You know, we don't want there to be a bunch of fish food cans to get knocked over and all of that kind of stuff. Things had to stay in place. We couldn't just walk away from a mess because the kids were going to be walking through there. Our kids were not the kind of kids that were walking through rooms destroying everything. But we had to make sure that we kept it, you know, 
kind of need in there, just out of respect for them going to their bedrooms. And we did have a sleepwalker too, Kenzie. It's true. That's very <laughs> true. Yeah, you want to talk about creepy. That was creepy. But there's also the fact that we we're going to talk more in depth about this later, but we heated that whole room. So the kids had to walk through this felt like a stove to get to their bedrooms. They come out of their bedrooms. It's nice and air conditioned. And they walk into this sauna. It's humid and it's nasty. <laughs> They're walking through this room. It was torture for them. They never complained, no. but I wouldn't have blamed them if they did. There was also no water in that room. It was a very small room. The room had carpet on the floor. Uh, Every single thing. Wasn't that, it that wood panel too? It was, yeah, it was wood paneling and it had indoor outdoor carpet in there. Every reason that we're going to tell you not to put a fish room in a room, this room had. Yeah. But for us, it was our only option. We were not ready to move out into the garage yet. It was only in there for like six months. We moved it out into right. the garage. And then everything else from this point has been in basements or a dedicated building like we have here. We are not rich people. We did not build this building. This was here when we bought this property. In fact, this building has been here since, 19, since 1897. So right. it came with the property. We got very lucky. Yeah, we didn't buy this house just because it had this building on it. So, you know. But it was a huge selling point. It was an lie. amazing selling point. <laughs> it definitely was. But the location in your house is absolutely critical because you want it to be somewhere that is, uh, it, it's, it's not intruding with other people's lifestyles like ours was. But you also want it to be somewhere that's convenient to get to. You don't want to bury this thing in the corner of your basement and it's actually a chore to go down there and go to it. You want it to be somewhere that's convenient for you, easy to get in and out of, easy for your kids to find you if they're looking for you. And it's kind of a central location in the house because if it's in a better location in your house, you're going to go in there more and you're going to enjoy it more. So location in the house is absolutely critical. Most people, including us in that house, only really have one option of a place to put it. And so if you have that one room, I hope it's in your basement, but wherever that one room is, you have that one room to dedicate to your fish house or fish room. Let's talk about all of the other things that are going to be necessary in there. Um, you have to consider the fact that you are keeping a room full of water. <laughs> Again, I know that is kind of like, okay, what did we go back to kindergarten, John? But I know it sounds like common sense, but this room is going to be full of water. That water brings humidity. That water brings stains on the floor. It brings possible Mold. electrical issues mold. We had mold in our basement in the house we just left. You have to consider all of those things. So if there's a leak in one of the tanks, we've been very fortunate in our however long we've been keeping fish to not have a major blowout or anything like that. I'm knocking on wood. I'm not suspicious or superstitious, but I'm still knocking on wood because I feel like I need to. Uh, but if there is a leak, what's going to happen? If this room is a bedroom on your second floor, 
Ooh. and you have a leak, you know how much damage you're going to be doing to your house? That's terrible. Once again, location is absolutely critical. I'm not going to say Zen Ginger. Well. But she had a leak that was pretty bad and some carpeting issues. Sorry to call you out, Zen. <laughs> well, while we're on the topic of calling people out, Zen, I'm going to back you up here because what if your wife goes to do water changes and overflows the tanks? I've done that multiple times. Yeah, I know you have. <laughs> and that's why I've always said, buy a shop vac. <laughs> Especially if you're going to be married to her. Buy two, hey, two shop vacs. You've one used for the it house and one for here. You've used it for yourself, too. But anyways, we're getting off topic here, John. But no, that is absolutely on topic. <laughs> Overflowing tanks is critical. None of us do it on purpose. Like, oh, this is going to be funny. Let's overflow our tank. No, but... <laughs> You turn your head for a second and then you see this thing and you get a notification on your phone and all of a sudden you're distracted and your aquarium overflows all over your floor. What are you going to do if you are on the second floor of a townhouse and it's on carpet and it you're asking for nightmares? So location is critical. There's also, I know this sounds silly, but like we said with our kids, they had to walk through our fish room to get to their bedrooms. What kind of an impact is this fish room going to have on the neighboring rooms? Is your mom staying with you? Is her room next to it? And you're going to have that loud blower providing air to all the tanks and it sounds like a freaking whistle at lunchtime? Are you going to have these air pumps sitting on the wall, vibrating against the wall and all your filters and it's Fish rooms are loud. You can't hear it because we have noise cancellation on in here. But this room is loud. And what kind of an effect is that going to have on the room next to it? If your mom is sleeping in the room next to you, to your fish room, she ain't going to be happy about that. If you are a slob, if you sling water everywhere, like my beautiful wife does, and you develop a mold issue, is that going to spread to the room next to it? Mold is is extraordinarily harmful. Just being in the next room could be something that's harmful. So you have to think about the neighboring rooms. You have to think about the location of this of where your fish house fish room is going to be. I'm so used to being in a fish house, I can't help but say fish house. The sound that the fish house is going to have, it's going to be loud. Is that going to interfere with people that are you know right next to it? None of our kids complained about it. They're the kind of kids that could sleep while riding in a tank. So we were lucky there. But if your mom's staying with you or your Aunt Betty is staying with you, she might not be so kind to having those loud noises. And then... Well, they could always just get a hotel. <laughs> when, I, when I say mom or Aunt Betty is staying with you, I mean like for a long period of time. Like, oh. like your mom stays with you. Like that kind of a thing. Not just coming for a visit. She comes for a visit and complains, yeah, she can go stay at the Hampton Inn. That's not a big deal. <laughs> but there's also, there is the inevitable. And I know you don't think yours has this. I don't, well, I know ours does. But there's the smell. Fish rooms stink. Yeah. I mean, maybe Dean Tweedale's fish room doesn't stink. I would be surprised if it does. But most people's fish rooms are not laboratories like his is. They're not like a hospital wing. They're, there's stuff everywhere. There's fish food. There's 
the tanks haven't been water changed in a little bit, so they're smelling a little funky. Fish or the stink. or the cat jumps on the mini fridge and the freezer opens and the frozen food thaws out. It stinks. Again, speaking from experience, <laughs> <laughs> that happens. And just in general, fish rooms stink. I, I, I've never been in one that doesn't. I mean, and I'm not saying it smells like a sewage treatment plant. I'm just saying there is a fish room smell, kind of like, you know, a cat house smell. You go into somebody's house that has cats, you know it because it smells like somebody has cats in there. Same kind of a thing. And if you have a... a a six-year-old, or no, what was she, seven-year-old, and two teenagers that have to walk through that stinky room to get to their bedrooms might not be all that happy about that. Uh, or the smell coming into their room. That's it's not a good thing for anybody. So the, the general location is absolutely critical. And But again, you might only have one option. I'm just giving you things to think about. Uh, if, if there is a concern of the smell or the sound, set your room up so that it's quieter. Use all canister filters. I know that costs a fortune, but hey, you chose the room, not me. If you want to keep it quiet, run canisters or run Shark Pros in all of the tanks. There won't be a sound coming out of that room. Don't be lazy and let them get dirty and it won't stink. You know, I mean, I'm just saying. There are things that you can do to help that out if those things with the neighboring rooms are going to be an issue. Again, might sound like common sense, but I promise you people overlook this. We didn't really overlook it because there was a bathroom connected to the hallway where this fish room was, but access to water. Listen to me. Just listen, okay? I know you're young. I know you have a good healthy back. And you're looking at it and you're saying, it doesn't matter that my fish room is going to be down the stairs, through the hallway, go through the laundry room, and then go through the bifold doors and it's going to be right in there. Actually, that's a bad idea because, or a bad example because the laundry room would have water. But it's not a big deal. I can carry buckets through the house, down the hall, down the stairs, up the set. You're going to get sick of that almost instantly, I promise you. The first time you fill up your tanks in your fish room. You're going to get sick of that. So having access to water is one of the most critical things. It doesn't have to be in the room, but that would be nice. But if you have a bathroom next door, or like I said, maybe you got to walk through the laundry room to get to the fish room, having that water access is critical. If you have a room that does not have access to the water, look at your situation. Maybe it's an unfinished basement or whatever the circumstances may be. Entertain the idea of running water to that fish room. It, there's people that would argue with me on this, but I've done it so many times that I, I just feel like it's not even worth arguing. You can just run cold water. It doesn't have to be hooked to your water heater. You don't have to get a specific water heater unless you're rich. It could just be a cold water line that runs to your fish house. A plumber will charge you a few hundred dollars probably to run it. Or you could do like I've done, run it yourself. It's up to you. Running water to a fish room is, I'm telling you, it's the best thing you'll ever have. If you don't have it now, you want it. 
And if you're setting up a fish room, it should be one of the first things that you consider. Get water to that room. Just a cold water line with a spigot. It's all you need. Maybe you can't do that, but outside of the window, there's a garden spigot. That's fine. We've done that. Run the hose through the water or through the, the window and hook it up. Fill up all the tanks. No big deal. You don't want to be carrying buckets. I promise. At least have water close enough to where you can hook up a garden hose or hook up a python system. I pointed over there because we have python systems over there. It is God's gift to fish keepers is python systems. Use something like that or even just a garden hose. Don't be carrying buckets around. That's going to get very, very old very, very fast. Do you want to add anything? I'm kind of... Just I was just going. thinking about you're speaking to the people that you're speaking to people that you're hoping they do water changes. What about the people that believe in not doing water changes? Uh, well, we ain't got time for those people, so we don't, we don't need to <laughs> we don't need to waste any time on that. They also don't feed their fish. But anyway, oh, the next thing is a drain. John, you are such a hypocrite. You got this floor put in your fish house. And you didn't get a drain put in the floor. I made a mistake. He did make a mistake. And he talks about that all the time. He's like, oh, I really wish I had had a drain put in. <laughs> it is something I didn't think was going to be necessary. And if I'm being honest with you, we don't need one right now. But our options would increase if we had one in the floor. We've got a laundry slop sink in the room with all of our tanks that a 25 foot or those 50 feet. Those are 50 foot pythons will reach any tank in the fish house. Not a big deal. We do not carry buckets in this place. So, you know, but a drain in the floor would have been nice. You may not have a drain in the floor. I'm not telling you if you don't have a drain in the floor, you can't use it as a fish house. I'm not saying that. But having somewhere to run a hose and drain water. Maybe there's a bathtub in the next room. Again, maybe there's a window. Maybe there's a laundry sink right outside the room having somewhere to drain that water because, again, you don't want to be carrying buckets. Again, I know you're young, but what happens when you sprain your ankle? Oh, oh. well, my tanks are all going to fall. You know from experience. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> when I broke my ankle and I had to have surgery and get a plate put in my ankle, whoa, I had, oh, maintenance was not easy, <laughs> but I still did my water changes. You, you make it happen. You got you have kids that could help you out, but yeah, I didn't I mean, have a python either. That um, that was horrible. Yeah, you see. So we're talking again from experience here. What if you hurt your back like I did? You can't be carrying buckets around. We had 127 aquariums when I hurt my back. I mean, when things like that happen, thank what goodness are you, gonna do? you taught me how to do water changes back then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would have been a disaster otherwise. Um, you do not want to be carrying buckets. You want to run hoses. That's perfectly fine. Make sure there's somewhere to drain water. We even had, when we had our store, there was a drain that was not in the floor, but it was in the wall on the back of the building. I don't even know what it was there for. Maybe at some point they had a slop sink in there or something. I put a little 90-degree elbow on there, and it, it ran into the plumbing system of the building, and we would 
suck on a siphon hose and stick it down in that hole. Remember that? And we that's how we would do water changes in the back of the store next to the bathroom. I thought you had a... I'm pretty sure you had a pump in there for me to plug in and it just... That we absolutely... Yeah. Yeah. And you would drain into a, a trash can on wheels. The right. big brute trash cans on wheels. And then you would wheel it back, plug the pump in and drain it right into that that drain in the wall. Yeah. It was the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. It was very convenient and it was very easy to use. We didn't put it there. It was already there. If you have something like that in the room that you're thinking about using as your fish room, uh, consider yourself extraordinarily lucky. Uh, next thing, and this is something that I think is overlooked a lot, and it's a huge mistake. Is it the electric? It is indeed the electric. Oh. Fish houses, fish rooms never have enough power. And what we all do, we have in this room right now probably... 12 power strips. We all do that, don't we? I mean, it's not like you're going to have an individual plug for every single piece of equipment, every filter, every heater, every light, every air pump. You're not. But if you have a, a series of power strips, you plug in a six outlet power strip into the wall, and then you plug another power strip into that power strip, and then another power strip into that you end up looking like Clark W. Griswold's ball of, of wires behind the Christmas tree. And before you know it, it's going to blow up and the cat is going to shoot through the back of the recliner. You have to be careful with the power. If you are going to set up your fish room in a room that has three outlets, it's not going to be enough. Entertain getting more put in there. If you're going to do this right, you will hire an electrician. And you will have power, more power, put into that room. Preferably dedicated circuits because heaters use a lot of power. And if you overload the circuit because you have your TV and your radio and your alarm clock and your all of your different things from your normal life plugged into a circuit, and then you add a bunch of things from your fish room, you might be tripping that breaker over and over and over and over again. Nothing is more frustrating than that. Adding more power to the room is critical. We were very fortunate in here that there's like an outlet every four feet, and we still have a bunch of power strips in here. But you need when you're when you're looking at the room that you're considering making into your fish room, look at the power and understand that you're probably going to need more than what's in there. If you have a room that you know, I, I've talked to people before that their uh, the room that they use as their fish room used to be a guy's workshop. And he has like all these outlets through the whole room. Okay, that's the holy grail. But if you don't have that, if you only have a few outlets, that should be one of the first things that you look into adding more of that. You might say, well, I only have three tanks going in there. How soon is that three tanks going to turn into nine and then 18? And then before you know it, you have this. Get more power in there. And it's not just adding more plugs. It's adding more circuits so that the existing circuits can handle the load. Don't overload your circuits. That's going to be one of the most frustrating things. You're the one that brought up heat. Did you have something you wanted to add to that? Heat? 
not heat. I was looking at the next thing on the list. Electric? Power, yeah. Oh, I was talking about the electric bill. Be prepared. That goes up too. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And so does the water bill, unless you have a well. But just be prepared for that electric bill to go up. Yeah, and if you didn't know that was going to happen, you just started looking at setting up a fish room. Because <laughs> we run equipment that draws a lot of power. Heaters, pumps. You know, you got to be prepared for that. We have three electric bills here. One for the house, one for the warehouse, barn, and one for here in the fish house. And they all have their, you know, like I said, they have their own electric bill. And the one for here in the fish house is always higher than any of them. And I know because I pay it. She pays the bill with our money. Well, yeah, I'm the one that goes on and I, I pay the bill. That's what I'm saying. But I look at the house versus the fish house and it's like, dang, Yep. our fish are expensive. <laughs> but we also have a 300 tank beta system in here. We've got a bunch of big giant tanks in here. I don't know. I don't even know how many aquariums we have, but we have a lot of them in here. And we've got an air, con air conditioning system, which actually should be cheaper now because these are much more efficient. Well, the heaters aren't running and all of that, but well, yeah, and it's only it's only keeping it cool on one side because I have the door cracked so that it's not having to cool the other side. But the cats still need to get in there too. So yeah, and uh, and that that leads us into the next thing, which is heat. Uh, you're going to have a decision to make when you start up your fish house or fish room. Maybe not if you only have three tanks or maybe four, but when you get to that place where you're wanting to start a fish room where you're going to be breeding fish in it or maybe you want to keep every single type of this particular kind of fish and you want to have a dedicated fish room with 20, 30 tanks in it, heating the aquariums is going to become an issue because, yeah, you can spend a fortune and put heaters, individual heaters in all of the tanks it's going to cost you a fortune to buy the heaters. It's going to cost you a fortune to replace the heaters when they break. And it's going to cost you a fortune with your power bill. But if you can do that, you go right ahead and do that. What most people do with fish rooms is they heat the room. Because you heat the room, heats up everything. This is one of those things that I personally struggle with. We've done it. I but do it with the beta side. Yeah, we put in the Mr. Cool system in here. It's a dual zone system. One side is for here, or one unit's for here. The other is for the beta system. It's never been turned on over there. I don't turn it on because I want to keep it nice and warm for the betas. And it doesn't get like 95 degrees over there, so it's fine. It stays consistently, I'd say probably like, eh, 70... 8, 79, 80, 81. Yeah. Like in there. the in the area, fish like it. Between 78 and 82. <laughs> and that is great. It is great. But it's not great for us. No, I don't it, mind it. It's not like it's not healthy, but like for me, I I don't want to go in there. I don't want to start sweating as soon as I walk in the room. It's unbearable. Now, if this is your job and you're going in there to, you know, strip females or uh, that sounded weird. I'm talking African cichlids stripping the eggs from the females 
I'm not talking about starting a strip club, but oh. if you're going to be going in there and feeding the fish and cleaning the tanks and doing whatever things you do as a fish breeder, if it's 85 degrees in there, you're going to be miserable. But it's your job, so you're okay with that. But if you're going in there just to kick back and relax and enjoy yourself, you don't want to do that in a room that's 82 degrees and muggy and humid and ugh, that's not enjoyable. You want it to be a nice 72, maybe 74. We have we usually keep this room here just under normal circumstances at 75 is what we right. keep the, the AC set at. But if we're going to be in here filming something like this or we have guests coming or I'm going to be in here all day working, I set it to 68 and then I turn it back up again unless I forget. But I usually try to remember to turn it back up again to 75 when I leave. And the good thing is, I mean, and, and that's where having keeping the beta room warm uh, helps as far as, you know, not not having your side interfere with my side so much because the door is just slightly cracked. So the cats can get So through. the cats can go in and out. I have a little wedge thing in there so it can't shut all the way, but it doesn't open a lot. It's it's about this this wide. So that's the cool thing about it. And if I'm working in there, I put a fan on so that helps keep it from being muggy. It's never muggy in there. It's never humid. Oh, you yes, think, it is. You just don't. Really? I don't think so. It's not humid, though. It's. Uh, I mean, it's humid to me. But I'm one of those people that sweats when it's 73 Humid degrees, is so. out there. Ew. Well, yeah. Ew. Well, I, I agree. Um, but, you know, this is, this is a huge decision for efficiency purposes, but also for your enjoyment. Because, again... I don't know anybody that's like, oh, this is so wonderful. I'm sitting in a room that's 86 degrees. I'm enjoying myself so much. I mean, come on. You're starting a fish room, not a sauna. So what can you do that will remedy that uh, and will also be efficient but has its drawbacks? You can start a recirculating system in your fish, house, fish room uh, where you have a centralized sump system that... It's how our beta system is, where all of the tanks feed into this sump, it, the water's filtered, and then it flows back to the tanks. I'm not going to do a tutorial in this video about how to set up a recirculating system, but this way all of the tanks are sharing the same filtration, and you put your heaters in the filtration. That's the way the beta house is supposed to be. That's how I set it up, but this one still refuses to do that. I don't know why, but that's, you know, she does what she wants and there's nothing I well, can do Well, I mean, it, when I get new betas in, I like to turn it off. I turn the system off. So it's nice to have the, the room heated because if it's not circulating, then it's not getting heat from the sump. I do that because I want to make sure everybody's healthy and everything when I get them in and I'm not spreading anything throughout the system. So that's why I do it. And it's worked very well for me she just can't convince me to go in there and help her with too much because i can only be in there for 15 minutes before i'm burnt and i have to get out yes but i mean hey like it is for her it might be completely fine for you to have a really hot room like that for me it's not for if i got to go in there and do some work that's one thing but if i want to sit in there and relax and have a conversation like this i ain't doing it in there no way 
So you have to think about that. Recirculating systems can fix that, but uh, you know the the biggest drawback that anybody's going to have with a recirculating system is one fish gets sick and it's contagious. It can spread out through your whole system. It's kind of one of those things you deal with with a recirculating system. But you asked me, what's another way you can heat the system? That's a way you can do it. Uh, so you really have three options. Four, actually. Heaters in every single tank. You only got four or five. It's not a big deal. You can heat the room, which is very efficient. It's just not very comfortable. You can do a recirculating system, which will be very efficient, has its drawbacks. And the fourth option would be keep fish that will be perfectly fine in whatever temperature your room is. Whether that's, you might be a fan of Danios and goldfish and things like that that don't need heaters in their tanks. They're perfectly fine with water that's 73 degrees. Well, there you go. You know, fit your fish to be in the room rather than fitting your room to accommodate your fish. You can do that too. I, I mean, your options are kind of limited. White clouds, Danios, goldfish. Guppies are pretty good when it comes to, you know, the extremes. Yep. At least, I mean, what I've found. Of course, they do like it warmer than goldfish, of course, but you know what I mean. They can handle it if it's a couple degrees uh, cooler. If you're watching this video, it is me that controls uh, the cameras, switching it back and forth between Lisa and I. So if uh, Lisa's talking and it doesn't switch to her, it's my fault. It's only my fault. Or uh, I've, you know, half the time you were talking, I was sitting here looking at you like the camera was still on me. That's kind of embarrassing. It doesn't affect the people listening on the podcast, but for people that watch, sorry about that. And spend more time looking at my ugly mug. Uh, so, yeah, heat is a big thing. Heat, water, uh, location. But there's nothing more important, in my opinion, there's nothing more important in a fish room than the type of floor. And in my opinion, there is one and only one type of floor that should be in a fish room, and that is concrete. Now listen, I am not telling you if you have a 125-gallon tank in your living room and it's on the second floor, and it's a regular floor, you know, a floor joist on subfloor floor built out of wood. I'm not telling you you are bad. What I'm saying is if you have a room that you're setting up specifically as your fish room, it needs to be on concrete. I don't care. There are exceptions. Maybe you're somebody like Kasha. We went to Kasha's house. She lives in an apartment and she has a nice room in the back of the apartment that she has all of her aquariums in there in an apartment it's not a i don't think it's a concrete floor it possibly is i don't but, remember actually but even if it wasn't a, a concrete floor even if it, it doesn't matter she has all very small tanks i think her biggest tank is like a 29 gallon so that's different but if you're going to be keeping big old tanks like this if you're going to have tanks in your room and there's a bunch of them 75s, 125s, a couple of 55s stacked on top of each other. There's a 125 over there and a two foot. It has to be on concrete. There are no alternatives. Has to be. So that's going to mean most people, unless you're living in a house that's on a slab, which out here is very common, 
because we live in a very sandy area. I don't, I don't know anybody that has a basement out here. So you either have a slab or a crawl space. If your house is on a slab, the whole house is available for you. But if you're trying to put a fish room with a bunch of big tanks on the second floor of your house and you're putting it on wood, you are making a massive mistake. You overflow that tank, water travels down, it's going to destroy not only the floor, and but everything else underneath it. If you have a blowout, oh Lord, you're asking for trouble. And not only that, there's also the weight factor. Your house is not, your second floor bedroom is not designed to handle 18,000 pounds of water. <laughs> I mean, it's just not. So there's the weight, there's the water, all of that, your fish room needs to be on concrete. Unless you're doing all nano tanks, you can get away with that. What I would do in that situation is what we've done in there. I would attach all of the tanks to the wall. I would anchor shelves to the walls, and I would use the walls to support the tanks, not the floor. But you're not going to do that for a 180-gallon. <laughs> oh, my God, no. So... You absolutely must have your fish room on concrete. There are no exceptions. Now, maybe you're one of those people that is well-to-do. You don't have to be super well-to-do to do this, but maybe you're somebody that's, you know, you're doing well in life. And you're like, you know what? I'm building my, my retirement home, and I, I can't wait. It's going to be nice, and I'm going to put a fish room in the basement. It's my lifelong dream. That's what I'm going to do. If you're building new, I would tell you to do like four things. Put twice as much power in that room as you want. Put a radiant floor heating system in that, in the concrete, on your slab. You get the, the radiant floor heat put in there. The whole room is heated that way, and it's a nice heat. It's not a humid, nasty, wet-feeling heat. It's nice. It's a beautiful. It's the best kind of heat you can have. Put a drain in the floor and put water directly in that room if you are fortunate enough to be able to build a fish room from scratch and you have a good budget. But John, what if all you have is a garage? Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> because a garage is great. We've had two fish room garages. That's why I brought that up. Yep. Garages are great for fish rooms. And the main reason why... Most people don't care about the condition of their garage. If the walls get moldy, if the floor gets spilled all over, nobody cares about that. You'd care about a basement more than you would a garage. Okay, but what but, about uh, insulating the garage door? This is a critical thing. There are several different ways that it can be done. I'm so glad you're bringing these things up. Thank you for helping me out here. Uh, there are a lot of different garage door uh, insulating kits. I did it in our house back in King George. They're small. They look just like the the mailers that we use. Yeah. It's the, the metal uh, foil-wrapped, bubble-wrapped type insulating things. You put those up on there. You tape it up. You can insulate it. It's not going to give you R30 like your attic has, but it's going to help to keep some of the drafts out and, and help to insulate. Um, in our house that we started our first 
breeding operation in. The garage was insulated. It was heated. Mm. It had tons of outlets in it because it was a workshop before, like a like an auto workshop, just, just for the guy's hobby. It wasn't a professional shop. So it was almost like it was made to be a fish room. There wasn't water in there and there wasn't a drain in the floor, but there was a hose bib right outside and, you know, we could, it was a garage, so we could just run a hose out the door and flow it into our yard. It was no big deal. But you have to think about all of those things. Um, but I, I believe that the floor is the most critical. Uh, the next thing, the, the last thing that I would say is the type of floor. Mm. If you have, like we had in that little room in our basement, if you have any type of carpeting in that room, pull it up. Oh, yeah. And put your tanks on the bare concrete. Why? Is the, is the fish tanks going to hurt the carpet? No, I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is the filth and the water and mm. the disgustingness and the fish flakes and the drips from your siphon hose putting fish poop on the... There's no way you're going to keep that carpet clean. It's going to get scummy. It's going to get filthy. It's going to get moldy. It's gross. Pull it up. And put your tanks right down on the bare, bare concrete. And under no circumstances should you ever put an aquarium on a hardwood floor. Don't mm. do it. No. Because that five-gallon bucket spills. You're, you're, you're cleaning out your uh, filter and it gets water on the floor. You know, no matter how clean you are, you know water gets around your aquarium on the floor. And what's going to happen is... You're going to move that aquarium and all of a sudden you're going to look and all of your floorboards are all warped and all nasty and it's because the aquarium was on there. Do not put an aquarium on a hardwood floor. If it's the only aquarium you have and all of your attention is there, fine. But if you're starting a fish room and you're putting it on a hardwood floor, I'd like to be a hardwood repairman in your area because you're going to be calling them soon. I have another one, too. So you've talked about electric, electric, water, floor, the, the best location in the house. Well, what if you're somebody who wants to have so many fish tanks, like 50 fish tanks in your, in your fish room? You've got to think about the cost of stands. So... You want to make sure you have, like, you're using all the space you can, whether it's top to bottom or bottom to, or top, bottom, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Whatever. You know, you want to get as many in there as you possibly can. So you're not going to use a regular fish tank stand to do that. You're going to build your own stands. Right. And I know a guy. He built an entire fish store of fish tank stands. And not only did he do it for the fish store, he did it for multiple fish uh, rooms and, and a fish house. So I would say check out John's stand making uh, videos to get some ideas on how to do that so that you're saving space. You're getting more out of the space that you have and you can have more fish tanks. Well said. Uh, the other option, too. It, it's more money, but it looks really good. Those um, 
Home Depot and Lowe's sell them. We use them in our barn for oh, our the metal stands. Yeah, the adjustable. I think the brand we have is Husky. I think that's like a oh, yeah. Home Depot brand or something. Um, but these are adjustable metal racks. They're not shelves, like little shelves. These are meant to hold some serious weight. They are great for holding aquariums. I, I don't know. I think the wood stands look better, the ones that you've made. I just think they're oh, more... Oh, I'm not saying they look better, but they're, you can get a lot of aquariums on it. Oh, yeah. It's definitely an option. And they're, they're very, very strong. And they do look good if you like that kind of industrial look. Um, and they work great in the uh, warehouse. Room. But yeah. we have some in our warehouse right now that used to have fish tanks on them. They last forever. And yeah. you can put them together and get 12 feet and other... But they're like $300 per rack. So, you know, you're going to spend quite a bit of money if you're doing those. But to take what you were saying a step further, to get more tanks in a room, you also have the, uh, the option of putting tanks end-to-end -end or, or side-to-side. Right. Long ways fit more on a rack than if you have them all facing with their long side facing out like these are. You turn them sideways, you can put a whole row of 10-gallon tanks in where you might only be able to fit four if you had them facing you. Those are all design things. We're not necessarily talking about designing a fish room today, but it's more of the, the, the logistics of the room, the water, the power, the location, the floor type, all of those things. You have to spend a lot of time thinking about those things and plan it all out. And if your fish room is not ready if it's not the way you want it before you start moving tanks in don't just don't do anything until it is ready because once your tanks start going in and you start accumulating all of the massive stuff that we have you're not going to want to move it out of the way to build a new rack or move it out of the way to add an electrical line over there move it out of the way to poke a hole through the wall so you can run a drain not going to want to do all that stuff. Do it before you move in so that everything's clear. And make sure you have a cabinet, one that's designated for your fish food, your, you know, water conditioners, your nets, just everything. Because I think the worst thing about a fish room is clutter and having things spread totally all over the place. So have a designated cabinet with a door on it. Definitely a door. Because, you know, when it's behind closed doors, it it's neater. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. Right. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Those are the things to think about. Uh, and also, understand, you're going to spend more money than you think you are. <laughs> Every, yeah. And, you know, we all want to do things the cheapest way we possibly can. I am a member of that club. However, you, you're going to cheap out. And you're going to think that you're able to set up a whole fish room, this whole huge operation, and you're going to be able to do it on a bargain budget. You probably won't. And don't. Don't skimp on it. Do it right. Do it right the first time. Put some money into it. Don't be afraid. I know we're not all rich. I'm certainly not. But if it takes you a, a little while to get it done right, do that. Take your time. Keep your tanks the way they are. You'll be fine. Wait until you have the money to do it the way you want to do it you're going to enjoy it a, lot, a whole lot more long-term. And your fish will thank you for it, too. That is so very true. So I think that might be the fastest main topic we've done so far. We're only at uh, 56 minutes. Wow. That's record time. But 
All right, so I usually let you do Lisa's World first, but I'm going first this time. I am going to go with John's World. <laughs> because I have something to gripe about. Oh, This is boy. a huge complaint of mine. Listen, I've waited my entire adult life to buy a new truck. My whole life, I've dreamt of going to the dealership and buying a brand new truck. I've wanted to do it for so long. And we were finally able to do that about, what, three or four months ago. We were able to go and buy a new truck. We didn't pay cash for it. We ain't rich. Are you crazy? But, and, and I didn't get some, you know, super expensive, high dollar truck. But it was a lot for us. It was a big deal for me. And I, I, it was a, one of the most special days of my life, going and buying a brand new truck and driving it off of the, not off the showroom floor, but driving it away brand new from the dealership. I bought a 2023 GMC Sierra, one of the best days of my life. And I have damaged that truck more than I damaged the Ram that I had for 13 years prior. And I'm so mad about it. First thing is... I'm mad too. I bet you are. I don't blame you. <laughs> First thing is the GMCs, it's a really cool feature that it has. It has the tailgate is two pieces. The part of the tailgate comes down. And then when you open the tailgate all the way, it gives you like a little step to get up in there, which is really cool for somebody like me that has bad knees. It gives you a little staircase for getting up into the bed. But guess what happens if you open that little thing up and you have a trailer hitch hooked up to your to your truck. That little step goes directly into it. It happened the first week that I had that truck. Within the first 48 hours of owning that truck, I did that and put a big old gouge in the top of the tailgate. I've never been so mad, but that's not the end of it. Oh, thank goodness for Sharpies. Yeah, I colored it in with a Sharpie. <laughs> I actually showed it on our vlog. I showed the little, the little blemish. Not a big deal, but we had a truck come here and deliver the custom aquariums tank and the surprise that was in that truck also. Trucks can't pull into our driveway. So what I have to do is I have to hook my trailer up to my truck and drive out there and they pull the pallet straight into my trailer and then I drive it in, no big deal. So I hook my trailer up, drive it out there, back it up to the truck and they're unloading this 3,000 pound <laughs> crate into it. Oh and the guy that was unloading it, you have this on video. It's going to be in the video. Yeah. Uh, he had us stand in the trailer and put our hands on the, the crate just to make sure it didn't tip, which was actually really dumb because if it started to tip, we were getting out of there. <laughs> but we're standing on the tailgate, kind of propping up this 3,000 pound crate. And what happened? the trailer shot straight up in the air. Why? Because I forgot to connect the ball to the trailer. I didn't put that little latch Amateur. down. And the thing went up. <laughs> it was funny. It's on video. It was embarrassing. But when that happened, the trailer hitch or the, the, the trailer itself went right up into the tailgate and put another ding in my brand new truck. I haven't even had it six months. It has 6,000 miles on it. It's brand new and has two blemishes in the tailgate that are all my fault. That is more blemishes than my Ram ever had that I had for 13 years. I'm mad about it. I need to sell a lot of betas so I can just buy a new tailgate because I'm uh. mad. But anyway, <laughs> welcome 
to John's world, but now it is time for Lisa's world. Well, on Lisa's world, I will say, uh, wow, it's a little better than John's world. At least the first part is. Um, this weekend, Saturday, August 5th at one o'clock, Raleigh Aquarium Society is having their fish club meeting. I think it's the first, it's the first Saturday this year too, that they've done it, but we're going to go. I think John's going to go. I plan on being there because, I mean, why not? It's not a Thursday night or anything. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'd love to see a lot of people show up and enjoy the, the fish club meeting because they do it right. I love that club. Uh, so, yeah, that's what's coming up this weekend. Next week, I will be uh, at the hospital for Izzy's surgery. Uh, baby Izzy is having her surgery, uh, getting that mass removed. That's our granddaughter. Um, and then I plan on staying with my daughter a little bit after that to kind of help her. Cause she's kind of, you know, creeped out about going home with a baby with an incision and she's going to have probably two or three of them. Uh, but it's going to be a really, it, it's, it should be a breeze. The surgeon is amazing, and we're expecting everything to go really well. So that's the plans for the upcoming week. But uh, now that we've done John's World, we've done Lisa's World, I'm going to go ahead and close this out. And I want to say thank you so much for hanging out with us and learning how to build a fish room or at least get ideas on a good way to build a fish room. And uh, we'll see you next time, like next, next podcast, next week. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>